0: Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, July 23rd, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. We are here live, quote-unquote, in Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days. Ohio State stuff will be later today. Can't wait for that. Let's go over all of the happenings of yesterday, J-Book. Let's start with Kevin Warren. He was the first to go. He filibustered for... Uh, what about uh, thirty-five minutes of his forty-five-minute press conference? He has no shame in his game at all from what happened last year. What did you make from Kevin Warren's comments yesterday?
1: That man is is one of the worst leaders in all of amateur sports. That's all I have to say. He or sports period. Or sports period. sports period. or sports. period. sports period, humanity. Awful, I mean, the fact that he he had the the balls to get up there on the stage and say that nope. I didn't learn anything from last year. In fact, I'm going to double down and say if, if the circumstances were similar, I would do the same thing again. To me, that is ground for him being terminated. I mean, you look at the mess that the Big Ten had to go through, and for him to get up there with no humility to say that he would, he would double down and do it again tells me that he didn't learn his lesson. I have no idea, Dave, what – the president seeing him. I mean, you look at the, and I have put it on Twitter yesterday. The SEC, they have a thoroughbred of a commissioner, a guy who has a vision, someone who is ready to lead. He's prepared to take the SEC to the next level. Whereas here in the Big Ten, you got a guy, you got the conference riding on a mule that's what kevin warren is he is a mule compared to the thoroughbred which you're dealing with in the sec we are supposed to be in an arms race with them but we have an incompetent commissioner at the helm who continues to stumble at every opportunity and the fact that he just can't even be humble about it tells you all you need to know about
0: him. yeah very well said um as usual I do like one thing that he said today, the promotion of, I don't know if it's a promotion. I mean, Barry Alvarez wasn't wor- already working at the Big Ten office. The hiring of Barry Alvarez as basically the czar of football. They're calling it special consultant uh, for football. It's basically, Barry is the czar of football in the Big Ten. Listen, as Buckeye fans, you might not like Barry Alvarez. If you look at the whole picture, I love this. Barry Alvarez uh, as perfect for this role. It also seems to be that Kevin Warren's taking a little step back. Sounds like, by his own words, he's giving more power to the presidents. They already had tons of power. It was really them calling the shots anyway. But I love this Barry Alvarez role, and it seems like Kevin Warren's trying to push more on not only Barry Alvarez, but the presidents.
1: I mean, my question is what has he done to be so out in front in the first place to feel that he needs to take a step back? I mean, the guy was missing in action for weeks on end. He didn't believe that Ohio State's Parents Association was even real. They couldn't get anyone to talk to him for weeks on end. So the fact that he's saying that, hey, I want to take a step back, my question is, what have you been doing in the first place to feel that you're so overwhelmed that you need to take a step back? But Enough of my rant about Kevin. You're right about Barry Alvarez. To get another voice in there who knows ball, knows football is going to be good for the conference. At the end of the day, football is what is going to butter the bread. That is the driving force of everything that's happening in college football right now. It's an absolute um, race to see who can make as much money between the schools and the players. And, but at the end of the day, the, the product on the field is what is going to draw the eyeballs. And getting Barry in there definitely helps to understand, especially with him being on the playoff committee previously. But I think you need to get a fresh set of eyes, some young, some young blood in this conference, because the landscape is changing. And I have a fear that the Big Ten right now, currently, with the current leadership that they have, they're going to be left behind. <laughs>
0: All right, let's talk about more enjoyable things, Jay book and that would be Michigan football. Uh, <laughs> some interesting comments from Jim Harbaugh yesterday saying, you know, they're going to beat Ohio State or die trying. I don't fault him for saying that. What's he supposed to say? I mean, good for him for saying that. They're going to, you know, beat Ohio State or die trying. So he, all of the rest in peace Jim Harbaugh memes are going crazy on social media, of course, but I don't fault him for saying that. What's he supposed to say? But take off the scarlet and gray glasses for a second, my man. What do you think – is Michigan's ceiling this year? I don't think it's very high. I mean, I think they're going to be maybe five and seven. Uh, but their ceiling to me is like maybe eight and four, seven and five. What's their ceiling this year?
1: I, I'm I'm of the belief that they're a, they're probably an eight and four football team. I just don't think that they're very explosive on the outside. Um, I Giving know. Given them so eight people. and four, I
0: think is props out of you. Given them eight and four because they're over under for twelve games in Vegas or anywhere that's legal and other. Ohio, of course, hasn't gotten up to speed. Jay book, but like everywhere where sports gambling is legal, it's seven and a half is the over under for Michigan. I think you're being. Um, I think you're being kind. Sorry to cut you off, sir. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> that's okay. I, you know, I look at I look at their first two games or th- first three games of the season, and they have Western Michigan and Northern Illinois. They should win that game. Anytime you have a toss-up, which is the Washington Washington game, I lean towards them losing it. Rutgers is not a, sleep- is not a sleeper pig. I mean, they took them to uh, overtime, three overtimes last year. But I think they can probably sneak in a couple other games. But you're right. I mean, if I go down their schedule – Michigan State beat them last year. Indiana is going to give them all they can handle. Penn State at home, which will probably be a night game, will be all they can handle. Ohio State obviously is a loss. I think they can get Nebraska playing at Wisconsin. So, yeah, you you might be right, Dave. I mean, 7-5, I can could, I could definitely see it. Um, I just don't think this is a very good program right now. They're in a the bad spot. They're coming off a two and four, waving a white flag type of year. Um, and there's nothing there that really says, boom, Michigan has a loaded roster that can really bounce back and make some noise. You, you look at their coaching staff, it's pretty much a younger staff that's very inexperienced. He went and fired a lot of his other coaches, not saying that those coaches didn't deserve it, but the way he's put together his staff tells me that either Jim, one, feels that he has two years to try to write this ship, I mean, a guaranteed two years, or two, he's just saying, hey, I'm going down, but at least I'm going to go down swinging. And if I'm going to do that, I'm going to try to hire as many top recruiters as I can to try to stack the roster as much as possible for the next coach that's coming in because you know, you, even though we've had our beef with Ed Warner, Ed Warner was a, he- a heck of an offensive line coach. You fired him and brought in a guy who's never coached the offensive line on a year that is a proving year for you, meaning the, the most important position on the football field, you're bringing in a guy who's never coached that position. It's a bold move. We'll, we'll see how that plays out, but Michigan right now, they're in a bad spot. They can talk about, you know, leaving it all on the field and we're going to die trying to beat Ohio State. But the reality is is they do not have the talent to match up to Ohio State. They're small up front on the defensive line. Kay McElmere is a so-so quarterback. The wide receivers uh, lack any type of separation. They do have some quality talent at the running back position. You don't know if that defense, what it's going to be. You're switching from a Don Brown 4-3 defense to a 3-4 defense that the Baltimore Ravens run. Typically, when you think of a 3-4 defense, you're looking at a, uh, a defensive front similar to Alabama where you're going to have massive interior guys and you're going to be able to have linebackers with with uh, long range and speed to be able to get after the quarterback. That is not what Michigan has. Michigan's roster is not built to run a 3-4 defense. They were already small up front, and now you're going to really expose that front. So I would not be surprised if you see a lot of teams running the football down their throat. All
0: right, one more thing about that team up north, then we'll delve into the Buckeyes. You mentioned Cade McNamara. I found it interesting yesterday that Jim Harbaugh, I would have bet big money, like I bet Ryan Day will say later today, I'm betting big money. He's not gonna say who his starting quarterback is. He's not gonna be like, it's CJ Stroud, everybody. Everybody, CJ Stroud starting quarterback or Kyle McCord. I don't think he's going to announce it. Maybe I'll be wrong because I was also wrong about Jim Harbaugh. I did not think yesterday, Jay Book, he was going to come out and say Cade Mcna- or Cade-, Cade Mcnown, Cade Mcnown, uh, Cade McNamara is their starting quarterback at least entering camp. He didn't say he's like definitely going to be their starting quarterback no matter what. But I thought he'd be like you know it's a competition between the guy that transferred uh, from Texas Tech between JJ McCarthy and Cade McNamara. But he says it's Cade McNamara's job. Going into camp,
1: yeah, they they seem to like what they're getting from him. To me, I, I look at it like this: if you're Jim Harbaugh, the spotlight is on you. You just took a fifty percent pay cut. Your back is against the wall. You're supposed to be the last warrior at the gate for the for Michigan football from keeping it from being overran. You have to go with a veteran. You can't go into the season, which is a proving year, with a freshman true freshman quarterback who many think is not ready to play at this level. So I can understand why they have Macamera as the head guy going into camp. All right, Buckeyes
0: later today. I mean, there's so many things uh, that I just can't wait to hear uh, Coach Day and the three player reps talk about. Uh, what are you most interested to hear about from the contingent of Buckeyes today?
1: Yeah, I just, you know, it's been a while. So I just want to hear, you know, how things are coming with the team. I know those guys put in a lot of work um, to get better in the offseason as we head into the camp. I think the biggest question mark for Ohio State will be obviously the quarterback. I, I'm pretty confident that CJ Stroud will be the guy and he will be loaded and surrounded by a bunch of talent. But to me, the, the the national question is what will the Ohio State defense be, because that is what that was that will tell you where this program heads going into the season. Because if the defense is back to being elite, then you're talking about easily a team that's right behind Alabama. Uh, and followed by Clemson and Georgia behind Ohio state when it comes to the top four teams in the country, but that defense definitely has to improve. So I'm curious to see what those guys have to say, you know, about the defense, what their progress has been like, who's been stepping up in the off season. I know we had in our boarding house that guys on the defense, they are sick and tired of hearing about how they have been a liability. Yes. The defense had a down year. Yes. They got exposed against Alabama. But after a while, once you get kicked so many times down, you start to buck back. And that's kind of what I've been hearing is guys are, guys are starting to say, all right, all right, we took our medicine, but now we're ready to show you. We're ready to show you that we're back to being the silver bullets. And if that's the case, then you're going to talk about a loaded football team that's young. Um, uh, I think Ohio State is ranked 125th out of 127 teams when it comes back, when it comes down to returning college football experience, you have a lot of schools that have a lot of super seniors, guys who opting back in. So, but with Ohio State, it's a young, it's a young team, but it's a very talented team. It's a team that if they can play well, will definitely be right there in the hunt again. I would tell people that that Minnesota game will will definitely be a battle because taking a young team on the road at night, you're going to you better best believe that you're going to get Minnesota's best effort. So when you have a young team get hit in the mouth early, it's going to it's going to be how they respond. And I have the utmost confidence that Ryan Day and the staff will have those guys ready.
0: You are one hundred percent about that. That is nothing to overlook. You know, thank goodness it's the season opener because. My God! If Akron was the season opener, sort of the fourth game of the season, they'd get up for it because it's a season opener. This being the season opener, you know, with all eyes on the Buckeyes and the Gophers on Thursday night, will help Ohio State get up for it. If that was like hidden in the schedule, man, at Minnesota, I'm high on Minnesota this year. I think they're going to be really good. So, thank goodness it's the opener. I don't think I do not think Ohio State's going to overlook them. And look ahead to Oregon, but that is a tough way to start the season. There's no doubt about it at Minnesota and then Oregon at home. One more question about Ryan day that I'll ask you about, um, uh, expansion, man, Ryan day just checks all the boxes, doesn't he? I mean, it's, I know it's early, I know it's early Jay book two years. We won't know for sure if he's as elite as we think, I think he's going to go down as one of the legends when it's all said and done, he, he needs to prove it first, but he just checks all the boxes, like coaching on the field, recruiting the media, every, I can't think of one thing that he does that, where he doesn't check the box of elite.
1: You know what I was thinking about the other day, Dave? This is the first summer where it's been peaceful and quiet when it comes to Ohio state. No, on wood. <laughs> not yes, not good, not good wood but we are. It. We right are.
0: We are big 10 media days. Don't forget what happened three years ago. No, no, you're <laughs> right. You're right. You're totally right. Go ahead.
1: Like there hasn't been any drama this summer. No, you're not hearing about any players getting in trouble, no suspensions, no, nobody, you know, shooting out windows with BB guns or anything. It's been, it's been a really refreshing, quiet summer heading into the season. And, you know, you go into the season thinking about where the program is at. It's as healthy as it's ever been. Thanks to Ryan Day, the recruiting is, is at an all-time high. Uh, Buckeye Nation has a lot to be excited about when it comes to the quarterback position. You have a, a defensive line that's going to be flat out nasty, load, uh, anchored by a bunch of young, talented go-getters. And But the thing for me right now is Ryan Day, they're bringing in top-end talent from all over the country. The pressure is on them now to turn all of those booms into national championships, Because you got there. You got a taste of of what it's like to play on that stage. You knew you weren't good enough to beat Alabama once the the fourth quarter ended. So what are you going to do to get there? We're not we're not there yet. Right. With Alabama. That does not mean that this program won't be there shortly um, or even this year, because the talent is there. The pressure is on the coaches to take them to the next step. Um, so it, Ryan Day, he has the keys to the Ferrari, wherever you want to call it, the Lamborghini. And it's just up to him to keep it on the road. So far this summer, it's been peaceful. Uh, we didn't have last year, we had the drama of dealing with, you know, COVID or what we're going to have the season, not have the season. And right now, it's just great to just be able to focus on football. You're going to have a packed Ohio stadium. Um, and you're going to be able to showcase what Ohio State football is really about. And I'm excited for Coach Day because you're, you're going into year three. You haven't lost a Big Ten game. Your only loss on your resume is to Alabama and Clemson, and you had Clemson on the ropes. Um, so right now he is setting himself up to potentially be an all-time great at Ohio State. He has to get a national championship ring first. And if he can do that and keep up the recruiting success, you're talking about a guy who will go down in Ohio State history.
0: I can't wait to talk to him later this afternoon, early this afternoon. He will be the last of the seven Big Ten coaches that are going today on Friday, saving the best for last, literally. All right, last thing on the show here. I know this is not really the best for last because this is one thing that I am not buying. I'm not buying this nonsense about Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. Maybe it'll happen I mean, I don't know. I, I Be careful what you wish for if you're Oklahoma, first of all. I mean, you're making the playoffs almost every year because you're in the Big 12. You go to the SEC, guess who's not making the playoff every year? What do, you, what do you make of this whole thing from, you know, the talk of Texas and Oklahoma perhaps joining the SEC, how that might pertain to the Big Ten and their reaction might be? I know a lot to unpack there, my man,
1: but unpack it for me. I think it's real. I think the talk is definitely real, especially that – No one at Texas or Oklahoma or Greg Sankey in the SEC office has denied it. I mean, it's even been reported that as far as next week, the SEC could be potentially hosting the vote to see if they're willing to allow them in. So things are moving pretty quickly here. Usually with these type of things, if the light gets shone on it, those those conversations are pretty far down the road. Um, I, I take it as something that's real when you listen to Oklahoma State who's very bitter about the situation because if this goes down, they're going to be left in a sinking ship. And with them threatening uh, legislation, uh, roadblocks for Oklahoma within the state tells me that this could be real. Texas A&M coming out fuming at the ears saying they do not want Texas. But you make the point. The road to the the 12-team playoff will be a whole lot easier in the Big 12. I mean, you put Texas in the SEC West. What are they, the fourth best team right now? Um, And then you have to try to win the, the SEC championship. Oklahoma, yeah, you're the big dogs in the Big 12, but how would that play out if you're in the conference, you know, with Georgia and you play in Florida and you got Alabama, LSU on your schedule? I don't know. I mean, it makes it a whole lot harder, but I can see the draw of bringing those brands into the SEC. The, the pot that's going to be split will be enormous. Right now you're seeing that I believe that the SEC just recently signed a, uh, a deal with, with ESPN and ABC to take over CBS. I think they could probably tear that deal up if you're bringing in Oklahoma and Texas. But if this goes down, the question that we all have to ask, how would this affect Ohio State in the Big Ten? And to me, at that point, the Big Ten has to make some type of move because you're talking about a power move by the SEC. They will they, – they're already leaving us behind. This will further that because you're talking about name, image, and likeness deals being massive down there. You're talking about huge ratings, big booms when it comes to product brands down there. You look at Alabama's quarterback, if you're to believe Nick Saban – he's almost made a million dollars and has not even taken a snap as a starting quarterback. So you're talking about that type of revenue uh, disparity when it comes to the SEC and other conferences. And The thing, and I heart back to when we started the, the call, is I'm afraid of where things are going to head with Kevin Warren being the leadership here in the Big Ten because I do not trust that he's going to be able to right this ship. Now, Everybody likes to have a revisionist history when it comes to Jim Delaney. Jim Jim Delaney made a mistake bringing Rutgers and Maryland into the Big Ten. That was pretty much a money grab, just so that he can get eyeballs um, and TV subscriptions to the Big Ten network, which to generate money, and that was his end goal, and it worked. I don't know what Kevin Warren's going to do because you're in a you're in a different era where subscriptions are not necessarily what is driving the market. You're talking about smaller packages where people can, they can, they can streaming games. And so because of the streaming, it takes the whole, oh, I'm going to tap into this market kind of out of the picture. So I don't know what the future holds for Ohio State, but if I'm Gene Smith and President Johnson, I'm having conversations to to explore all options. It needs to be all hands on deck. To me, I would start looking. If you want to go big and you really want to blow this thing up, let's tap into the LA market. Let's go get USC. Let's go get UCLA. Let's let's tap into the Pacific Northwest and get Oregon and Washington. You're expanding the footprint now, uh, obviously by quite a bit of time zones. But at the end of the day, we're going to end up with a super conference. That's what it's going to end up is, is two or three super conferences. So why not start trying to pluck some of the teams with strong brands, which has a, a foundation as far as uh, being a historic football program or a team that's on a rise like Oregon. Taking someone like West Virginia or Pitt or Cincinnati in the Big Ten, it doesn't do anything. It does not move the needle compared to what is happening in the SEC. So if you want to try to stay in the arms race, you have to go big. But the problem is we have incompetent leadership at the helm when it comes to Kevin Warren and his staff. So I'm not sure how this would even play out.
0: Fantastic stuff out of Jonah Booker, as usual. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope you enjoy Big Ten Media Days later today, Buck Nutters. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and your weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. <laughs>